We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, we're bringing you a preview video of the Colts' Saturday matchup between them and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who come into Indianapolis looking to keep their playoff hopes alive, just like us. Joining me are the Steel Twins. Guys, how are you doing tonight? We're doing great, man. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate the invitation. Big time. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and give me kind of a rundown of what your guys' feelings have been about the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. I'm sure that over the last couple of weeks, I'm sure feelings of the team have probably been squandered a little bit more than what they did to start. But how do you guys feel being in the position you're in right now? Uh, I got three words to describe it. Uh it's rinse and repeat, pretty much. It's the same thing over and over, year in and year out with this team, led by the same guy. There's a, there's a common denominator, no matter who's at quarterback, who's at OC, no matter what's been going on, no matter who's coming and going, there's always a common denominator, and it's just led us to the same result and the same feelings that we uh, continue to feel year in and year out. But, uh, you know, the, the last two losses especially, I mean, you know, I thought uh, – the, the the Chargers couldn't – I thought we couldn't be top, but then you see what the Chargers are doing right now against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I feel fortunate knowing that there's not – you know, there's another team that's getting squandered, that's getting uh, blown up as we speak. So right. th- thankfully that can kind of take away some of the attention from the Steelers. But with all the the drama going around and, the you know, what, what the former players are saying, what Minka said, it's just uh, – it's it's all warranted, I would say, about this Pittsburgh Steelers team this year. Yeah, and I see the uh, the fire Mike Tomlin <laughs> sign behind you. I mean, is that is that a real incentive? Like, is that what you guys believe, or is that a uh, or is that just something that a lot of Steelers Nation is referring to recently? That is uh, now officially our true feelings uh, towards Mike Tomlin. It didn't wow. used to be. We used to be big. Tomlin defenders and even uh we used to, we gave him the benefit of the doubt time after time. Uh the way we feel about him now was the way we felt 
after uh, week one of 2019 when we got blown out by the Patriots. And we tried to give him the benefit of the doubt with, uh, you know, Ben coming back in his last couple of years. You've seen how he turned around 2019. Um, and we wanted to see what he could do post-Ben with his own team, his own quarterback, his own squad. And now we're in the same situation we were in, it seemed like, five years ago. So it just seems like uh, there's, there's no advancement with Mike Tomlin or this football team. So the fire Mike Tomlin stance is 100% true right now. Yeah, true and legit. I mean, where we were five years ago is the same feeling we are now with Mike Tomlin. Five years later, I mean, Tomlin just, again, time after time, we tried to give him chance after chance the benefit of the doubt. And even with us finally, you know, firing a, a coach for the first time since 1941, you know, just nothing has changed. It seems to be the same old, same old with him. It's it's tiring and it's exhausting. So it's we've pretty much had it. You know, it's 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 hit our limit. I totally get that. Um, yeah, I mean, as an outsider myself, I mean, we've all heard about Mike Tomley. He's been there for so many years and never had a losing season. You know, that's something that, I mean, very few coaches can ever say that they've done, and especially for as long as he has. Uh, but I totally get it. I, I can understand how, you know, you feel like you're stuck in between great and bad you're somewhere in the middle at times and I get it last year with uh with or last couple years with Indy that was how we felt with Frank Reich uh you felt like you were an okay team with him but at the same time you felt like there was definitely something that could be better going forward so I totally get that um let me ask real quick on that Mike Tomlin thing I mean obviously last couple weeks you guys played the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. Lost to both of those. First team in NFL history to have a winning record and still lose to two teams with eight-plus losses on the season in back-to-back games. Uh, do you blame the majority of that on Mike Tomlin, or do you feel like it's mainly just been with not having a good quarterback in on the offensive system it just feels like the offense just isn't able to get anything going. Uh, some of it, I will say, has to do with the the lack of a quarterback. I don't think Kenny's been great this year. Mitch scares me, especially in this matchup. We, we don't trust Mitch Trubisky one bit. Um, <laughs> some of it definitely has to do with the quarterback. A lot of it has to do with the offensive scheme, even though Matt Canada is gone. It's yep. still his scheme and his plays. And it's just probably the most stale and vanilla offense in the entire NFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think a lot of it definitely has to do with uh, Mike Tomlin because of his lack of preparation, and he's always played down against competition. And... Time after time, like we keep saying, you know, we're getting these uh, losses against uh, lesser competition or, in, in some cases, blowouts yeah. against them. And we're, we, us as Steelers fans weren't used to that for many years, but it's become more of a common trend than anything, unfortunately. So, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with Mike Tomlin. And you mentioned a common trend, more so ever this season, especially, you know, started week one against the 49ers for us, and then a couple weeks later was the Houston Texans. In the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then ever since then, you know, we've suffered, uh, I think, three losses since then after the Jags game. But each loss, although it hasn't exactly been a blowout per se, it does feel like one. Mm -hmm. And that's just um, that's just uh, the type of way that Tomlin preps the team and handles the team, and it, it's just not looking good right now. Well, I just look at the Patriots game last week. Uh, the Patriots heading into that game, as you guys know, had a uh, a, a league low in points per game. Yeah. And they put up 21 points in the first 16 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. poor, poor game, uh, game planning right there. So, yeah, yeah. totally get that. Um, and listen, as a Colts fan myself, I'm going to say here, and I will say I will never take, uh, I will never look at the Steelers and say, oh, that's an easy win because we are six and 26 against you guys all time. Uh, even our owner said that on social media here just yesterday saying, look, that's the elephant in the room, right? Like regardless of if Indy, Indy's had a lot of times where they've had better teams than you guys, but you guys always seem to find a way to pull out the win, especially recently. Uh, I think it was 2021, if I'm not mistaken, or no, it was actually last year when you guys played us uh, and Kenny Pickett was in there. And I mean, even then, Indy, for as bad as they were last year, I still felt like we had a better roster and still found a way to lose that game. So, I mean, again, I'll never take that for granted there. But, I mean, you have – you look at it from the Steelers' perspective and you see – I think the big thing was, and going back to the Mike Tomlin thing for a second – you feel like Tomlin has kind of lost the locker room a little bit because you have these wide receivers like Pickens who, you know, after plays watching these quarterbacks throw away from him, he looks devastated. Uh, Deontay Johnson's literally just watching a, a fumble just go all over the field and not going after anything. Uh, you know, it just feels like some of these guys have just given up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, Tomlin definitely has lost the locker room, and I feel like that's diminished uh, year after year after year, especially this year. It just seems yeah. like no one has a uh, a drive or any motivation to play right now. Um, the wide receiver room has always been full of drama and guys that just uh, seem like selfishness, honestly. Um, I mean, I look at Deontay Johnson, like you mentioned, he was just let, watching a, a fumble in the Bengals game and didn't do anything about it. And, uh, of course, a couple weeks ago against the Cardinals, he scored a garbage-time touchdown and celebrated. And that's just uh, the, 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 the lack of uh, our, our Steelers standard in this, our Steeler culture 
in the locker room that's been uh, lost for, for many years now. I mean, Ben said it on his podcast. Minka said it in the loss last week against the, the, the Patriots in the postgame. I mean, it's, it's like these players, they, they just assume by association, by the fact they wear the uniform, that they're going to get theirs, and they don't got to earn any ability to make plays or get wins. It's just they think it's going to come to them on a silver platter. Uh, at least that, that's what it comes off to us. And, and right. the way the body language is, especially on a guy like Pickens and Deontay, it's frustrating. Um, Pickens is more frustration because I think his his come with good intentions. Deontay, I don't know if I feel the same when I when I make that statement. But yeah, I, mean, I don't see any reason why Deontay should be dancing, although we're losing to the Arizona Cardinals of, of all teams right. at our own stadium. You know, I, I see no reason why Deontay had to dance in that type of moment. That just shows me that he just only cares about himself and his statistics and his stat sheet instead of the team. And I, I think a part of that does have to do with Tomlin not prepping the team properly and not really having that in, intimidation factor as a head coach or really telling these these young groups of players that he's got on this team. This is his full-fledged own team right now. Yeah, because like I previously mentioned, uh, year after year, it seems like he's lost the locker room because a lot of these players are just kind of doing whatever they want in the locker room. Yeah, kind of like, you know, inmates running the asylum. Yeah. That's kind of what I like to put it, you know, because Tomlin doesn't – he's not inputting the the mentality of, you know, what previous Steelers had back in the day on – what it was like to play as a Steeler, play on the football, play on the football field, and want to play for their head coach and play for their right. fan base. I don't think Tomlin, at least when it comes off to me and Dan here, doesn't really come off the way like Tomlin's not telling these guys, you know, what it really means to be a part of this organization. And it's just like if if the players are not understanding that, then they don't respect the culture, they don't respect the organization, and they're just going to go out there and do whatever they want. And we're just not fans of that whatsoever. Right. I mean, Derek, you can uh, attest to previous years, previous Steelers-Colts matchups. Um, do you fear the Steelers right now? Let me just ask that question. It, it, fearing their performance, uh, no. But again, when it comes to just overall, like what I've seen from years past. I mean, again, you guys have beaten us nine out of the last 10 times that we faced you. Mm -hmm. And that's regardless of if it just feels like every time a Mike Tomlin led Pittsburgh team comes into Indianapolis, or if we go to Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter. It just seems like you guys always find a way to beat us. I don't know if it's just because, the physicality at which you guys play a lot of times beats up on the Colts. I don't know if it's the defense or how that strategy works. Um, it's just, it's kind of like what Jacksonville has been to us recently. Like right. when Jacks, when we go to Jacksonville, we don't win. And I don't know what it is, but every time we go to Jacksonville, we don't win. And it's just like anytime you guys come into our, into our building, we just don't win. I, I just don't understand it sometimes. So yeah, that that's a fair statement to say. Um, um, so I believe the last time the Colts beat the Steelers was 2008. It's been a decade. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, um, I don't want to be too negative on my football team. Yeah. But uh, if it was one year for it to happen, I think it could be this year. Just because I mean we are in a bad state right now and. Uh, I just don't see this team stepping their game up. I mean, I, I obviously I hope I'm wrong against the Colts. Like you said, it doesn't matter what these two two teams look like. It seems like the Steelers always have their number. Yeah, based off our recent history, I mean, 
based off what where the Steelers lie right now and what they're they're coming off of, you know, history is going to have to be on our side for this one. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into some favorable matchups for you guys here in a second. But, I mean, uh, just real quick, just to kind of finish off on that point, uh, as you guys sit here right now, your what's your confidence level that the Steelers are going to be able to stay in the playoff picture? Do you think that time has gone and passed? even though you're still in the playoff picture now, or do you still have confidence that this team is going to be able to pull it out? Well, the remaining schedule is, is the Colts, then the Bengals, then the Seahawks, then the Ravens. Those are four teams that are really pushing for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'd say my confidence level, if I had to put it at a percentage from like one to 100, I'd say probably a uh, 45, mm. a 45, which is uh, – it's it's right in the middle, but right below it. Right. Um, I don't want to go too low because I mean, who knows? Mike Tomlin could pull another one out of his uh out of the hat for some reason, pull another rabbit out the hat, and then get another non-losing season, make the playoffs. You know, it could um, happen. That's such a Mike Tomlin type of thing, and I can't even explain to you how Mike Tomlin does it. I don't even know how he can be able to pull such a stat off. I I I, I don't. He just knows how to do it, and it's something I could absolutely see once again. You know, another non-losing season, potentially a playoff berth. Although me and Dan here kind of already know what the outcome is going to be once we get or if we get to the playoffs at this point. But I mean, I'm kind of the same way. You know, 45. I mean, knowing Mike Tomlin's, you know, way of of escaping a non-losing season and staying in the playoff berth, I think I have to go a little bit higher than your percentage. I think I would have to say about a 55. Well, although we are uh, done with Mike Tomlin as head coach, I think we ought to just move on. It's been too long at stale. Uh, he has always kept us in contention of that. That's something we can never take away from him. So he might, gotcha. be, he might be able to keep that there. How do you feel about the Colts playoff chances? I feel, I feel pretty solid about them still. Uh, even after the loss to the, uh, Bengals like we saw last week. I mean, I st- I think the Bengals are actually just still that good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Browning has played exceptionally well, and I don't really think it's a fluke. Uh, I think he's – they got a great recipe for him. You know, T. Higgins being back and healthy is good for him. Uh, that offensive line has been, you know, good at giving him some kind of protection, and they've been able to run the football as of recently. And, and that defense has been a lot more improved. They're getting to the opposing team's quarterbacks a lot more frequently. But with Indy, uh, I definitely think we have a good chance. But, I mean, let's talk about this matchup here for a second because there's one thing that could definitely set you guys up for success against Indy. And that has to be running the football. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about your running back room. I know Jalen Warren has been kind of one of those guys that like has people saying, oh, he should take over uh, the reins over Najee Harris at this point. I've heard some people make that claim. But, you know, this is an indie defense that I think over the last six weeks has been giving up an average of 145 yards a game rushing the football. Even with Grover Stewart being back last week, uh, that did not really help Indy in stopping the run against the Cincinnati Bengals. They still did whatever they wanted. Uh, We are incapable of slowing down the run. It has been the reason why 
teams offenses still are able to move the way they do against Indy. Uh, how do you guys feel about after hearing that statistic, how do you feel about Pittsburgh's chances of being able to run the football against Indy? Uh, I feel a little more confident. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know that the Colts rush defense was that, uh, uh, hurtful. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm a little more confident heading into this game. I, they know that going in with Mitch as the backup, as the starting quarterback, you can't put the game in his hands. I know that's what the Colts defense is going to try to do, which, again, scares me. But I know we can get a good uh, rushing game going. Uh, the second half rushing offense has been borderline elite. It's been very good. Yeah, one of the best. It's, it's, it's actually our identity of the offense is running the football. You know, Najee Harris is a great running back one. You know, the compliment to him is Jalen Warren. He's he's already a great story being undrafted last year and then taking the reins as a number two and arguably should be the number one. Not to say that Najee should be better one, not just, you know, separate the the reps between Najee and 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 Jalen Warren, just switch to reps and all. You know, you can still use Najee in, in a similar way to Warren, same with Warren, similar way to Najee. You know, both are great backs. Like, I love the... The, the running back room we have at the moment, it's definitely our key to uh, winning this game for sure on offense. Yeah, I, I, I'm very, uh, very trustworthy in our rushing offense for sure. Yeah, and I, with Indy's defense, the good thing for Indy's defense this week, it's probably going to be the healthiest it has looked in quite a few weeks. Uh, EJ Speed, our second linebacker, is actually going to play this week didn't play last week against Cincinnati and that's huge. Uh, And Juju Brents, who is our rookie corner that when he started, was one of the best uh, corners. He was actually rated as a top 10 corner in his first three weeks of football uh, in the entire NFL. So this kid was off to an amazing start and then had a quad injury that's kept him out over the last six weeks. But now he's finally back. So this would be the healthiest that the secondary and the defense in general has been since I'm thinking week six or week seven at this point. Oh, wow. Uh, So from a secondary perspective, I know we're going to be more locked in. Uh, Is there a wide receiver or any kind of receiving threat that you feel could take advantage of a Colts secondary that, albeit is healthier now, is still very inexperienced? Uh, if used properly, George Pickens. Yeah, without a doubt, 100%. George Pickens. George Pickens. Uh, if they want to get him up the field, up the middle of the field, if they want to get him on some one-on-one matchups, uh, you trust George Pickens all the time. Um, last week, according to his route sheet, nothing was more than ten yards up the uh. field. It was incredibly <laughs> limited. It was actually criminal to even look at it. Uh, so if we want to use him properly, definitely Pickens. I don't want to take anything away from Deontay because he is a exceptional route runner. He is he is dependable. Um, I wouldn't say he's consistent, but he's dependable. So he could take advantage of that as well. Uh, Juju Brents, uh, we were a big fan of coming into this draft process out of Kansas State. So it's no shock to us that he's playing exceptionally well and with him being fully healthy. I think uh, him lining up with probably uh, Pickens is going to be a nice – matchup there but mm-hmm. yeah to answer your question probably Pickens if there was any other guy maybe Calvin Austin but we haven't really used his speed like I thought we would this year no he's kind of been the missing link on on offense you know we haven't really 
utilized his versatility and his speed and deep threat ability. So I would probably have to agree with Dan here and say George Pickens, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some Steelers fans say that, uh, it's like Mitch Trubisky just doesn't know how to get the ball <laughs> to George. Uh, and, and you know, sometimes that's how it'd be. Um, I want to ask how your guys's uh, offensive line is in pass protection, because even though Indy ended up not getting a single sack against Cincinnati, uh, that was very uncharacteristic of them because the four games prior to that, they had 21 sacks it, through those last four weeks. I mean, they were almost averaging, you know, they're averaging over five sacks a game. Uh, and through the season, we're averaging over three sacks a game. So, I mean, this is a team that has been getting to the quarterback quite frequently this year. Uh, how do you guys feel about your ability to pass protect for Mitch Trubisky? Uh, not very much at all. Not confident. It's uh, very, very inconsistent. Um, our rookie right tackle, uh, who we thought was going to be left, but he's actually the right tackle, Project Jones, ever since he stepped in, our offensive line has done significantly better, especially in the run support, especially when running football. In pass protection, he's probably been one of our better pass blockers. He definitely has his rookie hits, which is what you expect, but He's been uh, far and away probably our best pass blocking lineman. James Daniels uh, is pretty good right beside him. Sayamalu, who we added this past offseason, has had a better second half of the season. Yeah, he's definitely bounced back. But I would say our left tackle, Dan Moore, and our center, Mason Cole, are two worst offensive linemen. Yeah, uh, Dan Moore is just very, very unathletic and very slow in pass protection. And Mason Cole just can't snap the football to save his life. <laughs> so... I mean, I know the Colts' defense is very good at forcing turnovers. So between Mitch and, and Mason Cole snapping the football, uh, that that's definitely a factor. Yeah, big um, time. Knowing, that, knowing your pass rush, I mean, I'm looking right now. You guys got 42 sacks on the season, which is top three, if I'm not yeah. mistaken here. you know. And I've seen on the stat sheet that like four of your – Four of your defensive linemen on that front seven in general have more than five sacks altogether, which is yeah. crazy. Go show the type of talent and depth and versatility you guys have on that front seven. So, although you guys didn't get sacked last week in Cincinnati, which I was, I was actually pretty surprised to hear and see about, going up against our pass protection, yeah, it absolutely worries me big time, well, considering you guys are looking for a big bounce-back win at home. Well, especially since the two starting uh, DNs, uh, Samson and, and Quiddy Pay. They, they, they're your two leaders. I yeah. mean, that's that's very, very impressive. Yeah, and then our third leading guy is our backup defensive end. Uh, and he kind of kind of plays as like a gadget guy. He plays on the inside. He plays the outside. He plays everywhere because he's, wow. he's just so long and so explosive. He's just – he's he was a defensive end in, in college, but he's – I think he's like 6'6", and he's like 280 pounds. And his arm length is like literally the length of LeBron James. So oh he's God. just so big. So he's you can put him anywhere because he's just the right size for it. Um, let's switch over to your defense for a second. Uh, we were talking about it right before this. You know, your two edge guys, uh, Highsmith and Watt, both cleared concussion protocol. So most likely going to see both of them on Saturday. Uh, th that's got to feel good for you guys because – I felt like without that, that definitely would have been uh, a very bad situation for your team in general. 
I feel like having those guys back out there is going to be such an added boost for you guys. It is. Um, they're they're easy. Our pass rush is easily our best asset on the team. It's been a little more inconsistent than Pat previous years, but TJ White, uh, and at least our personal unbiased opinion is the best defense player in football. The guy's a menace. Yeah, the guy just speaks for himself. Uh, Alex Hollisbeth is great beside him. I mean, we extended him this past offseason. He's lived up to the contract. He's not putting up any crazy stats, but he's always getting to the – he's always getting pressure, always making plays. I mean, getting those two back are crazy. And I know you're, you're starting right tackle. Braden Smith is out. So how do you yes. feel about how do you feel about Blake Freeland? Isn't he a rookie? Yes, he is a rookie. Um, and it's quite funny because – most of the year, Braden Smith has been out. Uh, I think he got injured literally after the first game of the entire year, had to miss like three or four games, and then uh, has missed the last couple weeks because of a knee injury as well. Uh, the guy's been battling through it. It's it's kind of stunk, but Blake Freeland, yeah, has been our right tackle for the majority of the year, and he's had to go up against guys like Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, um, and a few other guys that, uh, and now he'll face TJ Watt. So mm-hmm. he's facing three. He would have faced three of the best defensive linemen in all of the game of football this year as a rookie. Uh, that is a rough combination. And it, it's been rough for us too, because I don't, I don't know why, like, the offense just deems it. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the offensive uh, mind's fault because I think Gardner Minshew brings a lot of that problems on himself. Uh, Blake Freeland, when he was playing against Aaron Donald, he had Anthony Richardson. So you had that to kind of balance out the deal with Aaron Donald. You had Richardson who can move away from that pressure. Right. Gardner Minshew is not like that. Gardner Minshew does not anticipate pressure at all. All And that's what definitely concerns me is if you have TJ Watt lining up on Blake Freeland all night, uh, if they don't have a tight end out there chipping him to give Blake Freeland a chance, then it is going to be a long day for Indianapolis because, again, Blake Freeland's held his own this year. He's not been bad, but it's his numbers have also been skewed because he's been facing some of the best edge competition in the entire NFL this year. Uh, But yes, it definitely does concern me a little bit that Braden Smith is not going to be in there for that. But I mean, what also concerns me a little bit more is that last week, uh, Bernard Ryman, our left tackle who since week 13 of last year has been a top seven left tackle in consensus uh, run and pass block in the entire NFL. And he's only played the position for like two and a half years. So he's been really great. But last week he got destroyed by Trey Hendrickson. I mean, he got destroyed. I think he gave up like two or three sacks by himself. So it was a very, uh, it was, that was just the game for everyone. We all with everyone stunk in that game. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned that you guys are gonna have Highsmith and TJ Watt back for this game. Yeah, I was I was just about to ask about Raymond too, because I knew he was raw coming out of college because he played tight end his first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, he's, he's going to have a tough test with Hyacinth because even if they do, like your recommendation says, chip TJ with a tight end or some running back pass protection, Hyacinth can feed right off that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll throw another guy in there, and he has been uh, officially listed as our starting nose tackle now. He's like Keanu Benton, our second-round rookie. He has been, I would say, our best defensive lineman all year. Like, this guy can eat. He just needs more snaps. He needs, he needs more playing time. So I'm hoping that it will come uh, this week. I know he's, I know he's going to have to go up against uh, Quentin Nelson, who has been one of the best guards since coming into the league. But, I mean, I definitely want to throw his name out there as a possible playmaker for this, for this Saturday. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, do you, uh, do you guys fear anyone on this offense for the Indianapolis Colts? I know uh, Jonathan Taylor will not be playing in this game, so Zach Moss is going to get the runaround again. Uh, the run game has not been great for Indy over the last few weeks. Uh, but one guy that has definitely shined has been Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman in 10 games this year has had eight plus catches. Uh, so he has just been on a uh, free for all and he has just not been able to be stopped this year, uh, especially recently. Uh, I think the lowest, I don't think he's had under eight catches in a game since at least five weeks ago. So, I mean, this guy's involved in the offense. He's basically half the Colts offense by himself right now. Uh, how, how do you guys feel about facing Pittman? Uh, I, I'm a little concerned because um, he does have strong hands. And, you know, we've already seen certain wide receivers explode on our secondary this year. Some have actually broken out. Now, that was earlier in the year when we had Levi Wallace starting. Uh, opposite of Patrick Pearson, that was before Joey Porter Jr. started being our every game starter at cornerback. Yeah. And thankfully, too, because ever since JPJ has been uh, the starter for us, opposite of Patrick Peterson, you know, the secondary has been playing a lot better. They haven't really allowed a lot of big plays or a lot of uh, a lot of receivers to allow big yardage or big games against them since earlier in the year. You know, I will say Pat Pete has played a little bit better, too, compared to earlier when he was looking like you know, his age, you know, being like 34 years old at cornerback. Obviously, when the cornerbacks at that age, they're not as locked down as they used to be. But Pat Pete is playing significantly better. Hopefully that does continue. I would imagine, considering Pittman is the number one, that Pat Pete would, would be covering him. But I would not be surprised if JBJ would want to try to put his hand into that pile and try try to lock down Michael Pittman. Because I think that'd be a great, great matchup between JPJ and Michael Pittman, especially with the size factor between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, I would definitely be concerned with Pittman though, because he's just, he's just having a very, very underrated season. I mean, it takes one catch for him to get a thousand yards, and he's definitely going to get it this Saturday. So that's, that's guaranteed. Uh, I will also say, um, just based on our track record, I am concerned to play Gardner Minshew. We, we don't perform well against backup quarterbacks, and it just seems like one of those games that, and Gardner's done it a couple times since stepping in for Richardson. This could be one of those games Gardner could have a very decent showing. Yeah. I'd certainly hope so compared <laughs> to last week. Uh, he needs a bounce back for sure. Uh, I certainly hope him and Steichen have been in the film room. Uh, what I mean, so from someone who doesn't have a lot of faith in their offense right now, I mean, again, you have faced two bottom half offenses and they've both scored 20 plus points on your defense regardless uh what have those teams done that's allowed them to 
score points on your defense, even despite them having struggles this year. Uh, absolutely attacking the middle of the field of our defense, attacking our linebackers, because pretty much all three of our linebacker additions we made this year, Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Atlanta Roberts are hurt. Atlanta Roberts is still playing, and he, he's been a playmaker for us all year. Yeah. But we don't have anyone opposite of him. We have – what's his name? Blake Martinez? Yeah, Blake Martinez, who we forced out of retirement, who's <laughs> starting now. Yeah. It's either going to be him or Michael Walker, who we picked up from the, someone's practice squad weeks ago. So we are at the bottom of the barrel at inside linebacker room. So if you want to win, if you want to succeed – it's attacking our middle of our defense for sure, attacking mm-hmm. our linebackers and game planning against that weakness for sure. And that's just going to open up a potential good rushing game for Zach Moss this uh, this Saturday for sure. Yeah, because Zach Moss has had himself uh, definitely his best year in, in his career. You know, that's somebody that, you know, I would want to keep a, a keen eye on to possibly have a big game in this matchup against our rush defense, which has been playing a little bit better, I will say but is also inconsistent at the same time. So if Moss were to have a, a breakout game or another big game like he did earlier earlier this season when Jonathan Taylor was initially out, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Zach Moss is a hell of a back this year. Gotcha. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do one more unit here before we hop into score predictions. Uh, how about your special teams units? Uh, I know last week for Indy it was atrocious. But leading up to that, it's been really good for us. Uh, Matt Gay has been really great this year. Uh, We've had a couple blocked kicks. Uh, We talked about the two that they had against Tennessee. uh, And everything else seems to be going fine for us. How's your guys' special teams units been this year? Uh, Boswell is literally the only person that we can depend on to get us points. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong there. No, our punter is very inconsistent and our kick returns just can't seem to get anything going. No. Um, so in terms of our special teams unit, it's going to have to be in, in the form of pretty much what happened last week where miles Killebrew got a blocked punt, which was able to get us back into the game. So we're hoping in, in that factor, the guys uh, making the defensive unit plays on special teams can continue to to show up and, and make the plays necessary. Otherwise, uh, it's just pretty much Boswell as a special teams unit. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I do remember that Titans game you guys had before the Bengals game. I believe you had two block punts in that game, and it helped you big time to win that matchup. That does kind of worry me a little bit, you know, because if our special teams unit can't do their assignment, can't block, and you guys come in hot, fired up, ready to block a punt, that does really worry me big time in this matchup gotcha well uh let's finish this up here guys let's go ahead and do a score prediction for this saturday's game i'll ask for each of you whoever wants to start uh you guys go ahead and give me your score predictions for this one i had to go with a score prediction man i mean completely unbiased and truthful i'm going to say and i hope i'm wrong here Indianapolis, I'm going to say 24 to 18. Mm. 24 18. All right. Yeah. So All right. I got you. All right. And I'm going, I'm going to go with the Colts winning here. Uh I, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm saying that. I just don't feel very confident in the Steelers team at this stage of the season. 
Um, I mean, based off our previous two losses and the performance, it's really hard to, you know, you know, this is definitely a big bounce back game and matchup for the Steelers. And I hope they, they know that I'm sure they know that, but I I just hope that they go out there and try to execute and get the win. But knowing our Steelers, this is the type of game they would bounce back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The one game where we don't expect them to win. Oh, they're not going to win. You know, no way in heck. Mike Tom and the Steelers are like, man, Watch us. But I think it's uh it's more of who wants it more. And I think you guys are a lot more resilient. Um oh, you, definitely resilient. You guys' head coach in his first year, I think, is uh having a very good season with everything yes. he's had to endure. So good for him, good for you guys for sure. Uh I'm going Colts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 23 to 16. Okay. Colts. 16. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this is really for both of these teams. Uh, whoever loses, your playoff hopes practically get dumped out the window for the most part. Um, maybe a I'd say maybe a little less for Indy if they lose than you guys, just because of scheduling and how uh the head-to-heads go. Mm-hmm. But um Nevertheless, I mean, it definitely is, you know, you win, you get a really good chance to finish it out. If not, you know, it's kind of how it goes. Again, I would not be surprised if this is the game that Pittsburgh bounces back and beats Indy. It's just how it is. It's been that way throughout our entire franchise's history between each other that you guys always win. It just, it's, it's the way of life. <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping that this is the year where, you know, this is a whole new coach, a whole new team. It's a different mindset and it's, it's a better mindset than hopefully it's a better mindset than what's going on in your building right now. Uh, but it will definitely be a close one. I will go 24 17 in the, on that one as well. So we're all right next to each other. <laughs> For sure, all thing in a close game. But, hey, listen, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun to chat with you guys. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you guys. You guys can find us on YouTube, obviously, Steel Twins. Just search uh, the Steel Twins in the search bar on Twitter or now X at Steel Twins or at uh, Instagram at Steel underscore Twins. That's where you can find us at for our uh, updates on content and just anywhere of our thoughts on the Steelers. But, uh, hey, Derek, we appreciate you for having us on. Appreciate the invite. This was fun to do. It's always good to collab with other YouTubers and other sports podcasters and, and, and channels out there. So yep. especially for you guys, Colts, man. So I think I think the years are going to be up for you guys. So this is going to be a fun matchup, man. Major playoff implications. So it's going to be a good one nonetheless. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. But that's going to do it for this one, everyone. Let us know your thoughts on this game. Leave us a note in the comments below. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts.